You're now listening to the Wrangler Ways Podcast. I'm Gene. And I'm Kagan. The podcast where we sit down and talk about what makes Odessa College, Odessa College. Or, as we like to say, what makes OC, OC. So we hope that you see value. Mm, nice one, Gene. <laughs> in what we're going to bring to you today as we talk about stories from across the campus and the community. Let's get started. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of the Wrangler Waves podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gene A. White Jr., along with my buddy, my sidekick, and really should be the host. But I mean, I guess we're a co-host today, but Mr. Scott. Not even. You're the host, Gene. Good to see you. How are you? Man, I am doing amazing today. I'm glad that we are here with Dr. Tiffany Price here, who is in the studio with us, and I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Dr. Price and I shared an office for the first six months of me working here at OC, and I got to really know her and the things that she does here on campus, and she's an amazing person. Well, I get a chance to bowl with her every uh, week, so, you know, I got hoodwinked into this whole situation, and so now I'm showing my coworkers here at Odessa College how I am not very athletic, <laughs> and so... <laughs> But we burn a lot of calories. We burn a lot of calories, absolutely. I did introduce them to that we could actually add the fitness bowling exercise to our watches. And so, you know, it's a good workout. I do the same thing with pickleball. Every time we play each week, I I make sure I have pickleball on before we start. Yeah, I noticed that pickleball was there. And so I'm I'm super excited about whenever I decide to get up in the morning and go and do that, that I'll be able to use it. Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Please. We'll see about that. But in the studio today, we do have Dr. Tiffany Price, who is a value leader here in our workforce development department and here at Odessa College. And so you're going to hear a little bit more about her role and what her team does here on campus and for the Permian Basin. But first off, I just want to welcome you again to the Wrangler Waves podcast, where we discuss what makes OC OC. And so Tell us about yourself, who you are, and what your role is within the team. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So um, I've been at Odessa College for almost two years. Um, Prior to that, I had an opportunity to move back to Texas about in 2020. We all know what happened. And after I moved, three months after I moved back to Texas. But uh, I have been in higher education specifically at community colleges for my whole tenure. So I've been in the higher education world for 23 years. Uh, Eight of those years were spent in financial aid, the student services side of the house. And then I moved over to academics, workforce education, career and technical education, where it's called sometimes. So I moved over into that world and really fell in love with that side of academia. Um, So I got my doctorate in leadership in higher education, but I'm probably an outlier when it comes to academia because I truly believe in those workforce education. And I'll tell you, in the 23 years that I have been in education, this is the most exciting time, probably the last I would say maybe 10 years, but really the most, the last five years, 
this type of workforce education is getting the attention it needs, both federally and at the state level. People are recognizing that people come to college uh, to get a career. And so right now, financially funded, everything is getting attention in that workforce arena. And I love it. I've been screaming it from the rooftops probably well for 23 years. Can you give our listeners an overview of the goals of the workforce development leadership team here at Odessa College? Uh, we definitely want to contribute to the economic vitality of the Permian Basin. So our roles here are to help with that talent pipeline. So we need to create programs um, and credential opportunities that are going to, again, contribute to that economic vitality. What is our, what are we seeking in our labor market? Uh, we know currently that unemployment is a historically low. Um, so we've got to make sure that we're building that talent pipeline for our industry partners. So we're trying to do everything that we can. When you talk about workforce education or CTE, what is included in workforce and CTE? What programs do we offer at OC? Okay. There, so at OC, there they're they're are hands-on. So I'll give you everybody's and then I'll kind of whittle it down to what specifically I'm over. But um, we have the, we have welding, we have auto technology, we have business, um, a lot of our business programs, and then we've got computer science and um, automation. And then what specifically falls under me right now is construction management and then culinary arts. So we are morphing into hospitality management so we can help our in, so we can help our hotel industry uh, with that part. And then everything under continuing education. And that's kind of where, it's very, and it's funny that you asked that question because I think that is a, a lot of confusion. We've called it continuing education for years in the education world, but people don't specifically know what that means. Mm -hmm. So the continuing education bucket is exactly what it sounds like. So if somebody's out in the field, what we can do is offer those additional uh, those additional credentials and those trainings for them to expand and their career uh, and help with the company. We can also, but we're also that catalyst of getting somebody into the workforce. So we have a lot of health career programs, CNAs, phlebotomy. So those are the those are our our buckets per se are those students that don't think they're college ready. They don't want to be to college. They don't want to go to college. They never thought that they wanted to go to college. They have no desire to get a degree. So we can give them credentials. Um, so a CNA, we can, we can get them that footstep into the health career fields. Um, and then we'll work on, on the backside after we have, after they've identified, yes, I can be a college student. This is what a college student means. Then we can help them pursue those stackable credentials and get them to their to their higher goal. 
So um, we have that bucket. And then we have the professionals. We have those that are already in the field that need, especially in the safety world. We're, we're in the Permian Basin. We all know it's the oil field. Um, so they need a lot of safety, and there's regulations and constantly changing. So we can partner with our industry and really start adding those credentials and helping their current labor, their current workforce. So we have that opportunity. And then we have uh, the other bucket is our industry partners. So they come to us and say exactly what they need. Do they need fresh labor? Do they need that talent pool? Um, or do they need the person customized training for their, their current workforce? So we, I always view as our continuing at as three different markets. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it seems like it casts a very broad net. Mm-hmm. And considering the educational attainment rate of people in the Permian Basin, it's really cool that we're offering programs for people who are willing to come back to school, yeah. who are already working and recognize that they need additional education in their field. It, it's uh, Y'all do really cool work over in Workforce and CTE. It's fun. That's awesome. You mentioned previously that you work a lot with community partners and businesses in our area. And OC, we have a lot of stakeholders and we are a stakeholder in our community in terms of preparing people to make Odessa and make the Permian Basin a better place. Um, What are different initiatives that you and your team are focused on right now in preparing our workforce? What What are the needs that you've seen? What is the focus that your team has when it comes to preparing our workforce? Yeah. Uh, and that's a great question. So I'll tell you right now what we're hearing is is honestly the talent pool. Um, so I think we've got our industries are focused on who's coming up behind. We've all heard the silver tsunami um, in in every industry. We've got a workforce that's close to retirement age. And then you've got not a lot of people following them. So especially in our hands-on manufacturing, those types of industries. And um, so that's what we're hearing from our workforce partners is really is who's coming up after. So we're working through that. And some of the initiatives I'll tell you, and another part of my role is our adult education so it's the, it, adult education and literacy. People automatically think GED, ESL, language attainment. Though that is true, and that's what we do. But eight years ago, don't quote me on that number, but a few years ago, TWC, so the Texas Workforce Commission, took over the AEL program from the Texas Education Agency. So in that takeover, um, or in that shift from from de- tech state funded departments, the focus was was supposed to change to they're not supposed to just come to us for our GED and and language attainment. They need to be on a career pathway. So um, we were moving in that direction, and then COVID COVID hit, and and things kind of got turned upside down, especially in that world. So now we're, we're, we're reshifting our focus. So when we bring in our adult education partners, our, our adult education participants, right now we currently have about 805 um, wow. students. We're putting them, we're going to 
get them on that career pathway. So that's one way that we're helping our industry partners because we're giving them that talent pool from a pool that they might not have ever been able to dive into because they don't have their high school diploma or they don't they don't speak the language. So we're able to create these opportunities for students to be on these pathways. Um, and at the same time, their goal, they're, they're, it's a stackable credential that I've said. So here they're going to get their high school, but at the same time, they're also working towards an industry-based credential. How do you evangelize to those people? How do you let them, how do you find this student body or this this cohort of 805 students to come back to CTE? What, what are you doing to target them in the community? It's interesting because I asked that the other day. I was like, we've, we've had, we have the highest enrollment in the summer that we've ever had. Typically, especially in our ESL um, population, those students take a break in the summer because they have their kids at home or they might be traveling back home for a couple of months and so forth. So they, they have been, they have been um, t- historically just not attending in the summer. And we've had a very large, both in the GED program and the ESL program uh, it, for the summer enrollment. And so I asked that same question. I was like, what did we do differently? Uh, but I, and so I don't know what I, what I think the biggest thing is we, we do do all of the recruitment events that Odessa college does. So we do the promise to pathway events. We do all, we're, we are present at all of those events. Um, we have QR codes out in the, in the community and then, but the, our best way is word of mouth, especially Mm. in our ESL. Our ESL population is a true community. So they start that, they start the words and the words go, and then they come see us. So that's our true, that's truly our best recruitment on the adult education side. That's awesome. When you talk about the the certificates that you actually are able to help these students obtain and then moving towards these stackable, getting them a foot in the door for those who may not be interested in coming to or may not be ready for college level classes at the moment. What is the average length of time for those certificates and, and those certifications that they're able to achieve? So we have most of our t- certificate programs are anywhere from 16 weeks to 22 weeks. Um, It truly just depends on, they all end up with some sort of credentialing body. So for example, our linemen um, and a lot of our electrical and our construction, our carpentry, they are all credentialed by NCEER. So they, and that what, that's what qualifies the number of hours. So it really depends on that. We try not to we try not to put a program in that's over 24 weeks. So um, sometimes we can't help it because of the because of the nature of the program. But for example, our truck driving program is five weeks long. So every five weeks we're starting another uh, CDL program and wow. we're full in those programs. That's awesome. So, yeah. So in less than six months, somebody who may be trying to change their life financially can actually come 
sign up with you guys, go through the proper process of getting into whatever these programs are and then significantly change what their bank account could look like just by coming in and having a conversation with say, Dr. Price, I need to go to work. Help me get there. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. So everything, um, and again, we would have to pull the true data, but almost all of our programs have at least 80 to 100% placement rate. Most, Most of our, especially in our linemen program, what our instructors tell us there. Uh, if they want a job, they have a job. Wow. That's so, so cool. Yeah. I understand yeah. why you're drawn to workforce because there's so much reward that comes from seeing people succeed. Yes, for sure. So what do you see like more of, or, or is there a difference? Are you seeing people who are coming in in that situation and says, Hey, I need to do something different. I want to grow and improve and get a job. And then you're able to get them into it. Or are you seeing a lot of employers that are coming in that maybe need some additional training for their employees that they come to you guys and partner up to say, Hey, can you help us strengthen our workforce that we already have? So I would say really probably more, historically it's been more students coming to us seeking that that next opportunity. Um, we are currently strengthening our industry partners. I mean, OC has, like like you have mentioned before, Kagan, that they've got, we've got a great network of industry partners. We're a pillar in this community and people come to us. So, but what we're doing on, on the CE side is strengthening those industry relationships. And, and historically, um, academia has, has created programs and handed it to employers and said, this is what we have. We are trying on the other end of that now to get the employer's feedback and create the programs based on their needs. So we, we, on the credit side, of course, we always have to maintain the competencies and maintain the SACSI, all of our crediting bodies and so forth. But we can still design programs that meet the industry needs or crosswalk that and show the industry this is what they're going to learn in this program, so this is how we're of value. On the continuing education um side we can customize any program for that so we can we can listen to that industry partner and we can build something for exactly what they need and again it can be for their current workforce or it can be for the new a a talent pipeline that's coming to them so wow i would be remiss if i didn't ask you to highlight or talk about the recent you mentioned the CDL uh, mm-hmm. program that we have, the partnership or the the donation that was given to Odessa College full, from PSP, Permian Strategic Partnerships, to bolster our CDL program. Can you explain a little more what that donation looked like and how it's benefiting our workforce program? Sure. Yes, of course. Um, yes, in 2022, um, the Permian Strategic Partnership, their their truck driving division basically came to us and said, we need 500 to a thousand more truck drivers in our community. How can we get that from your program? 
And so we listed out some things is that we need, we need more instructors. We need more trucks. Um, we have a very, uh, we had and still have, even before the Permian Strategic Partnership, a very, it had a good reputation. Our CDL program has a great reputation for focusing on the safety. And when our students get out of that, out of their training, they are wanted. Again, if they want a job, they have a job. Um, so they are excellent. It's an excellent program. So when they came to us and said, what do you need to get more students going through that? And um, we said, here's what we need. So they came back and we got $3.5 million dollars that's um, such a big number. It is such a big number, and it was gifted to us. And um, there, there we we meet with them by we by monthly and let them know where we are. So part of that money, about five hundred thousand of it, is going towards scholarships. We ordered uh, three new trucks um, and two new. We're getting um, two additional instructors. So we're, we're super excited to grow that. We've already been able to grow that. As you can imagine, finding instructors is probably the most challenging part. We ordered the trucks, and it takes a little bit of those to get in. So we should be, having, we should be getting those in in the next three or four months. And then we've got, um, we've got to look for the instructors. But we've been able to add more students. So we're at, we, are, we, are, we have our program here. Um, we also have our program in Pecos, and then we're, we're always looking forward to open a program in Andrews. So we're meeting those extension area sites as well. So, Dr. Price, I have a question. It, I see across the street when I go and, you know, visit my, my Cosmo group and, and get a chance to, to talk to them, I see all these, these poles that are just in the air and I, I'm, I've always wondered, you know, what is going on with these poles? So I'm assuming that they're attached to you guys over there because, you know, they kind of took away some of my parking from, and I hear about it, you know, cause it's like, Dr. White, we, we don't have any more parking. What's going on? I was like, I don't know. I wasn't a part of that conversation, but can you tell us a little bit more about these random poles sticking up out the ground? Yes. <laughs> yes, of course I can. <laughs> So we um, have have had what we what we call the West Campus, um, and it's oh it was over on or it still is it still exists, um, but it's over on I twenty I can't remember off of what road, but it's what we call the West Campus, mm -hmm. and that's where we've been doing our electric lineman program. We have a we have a great partnership with Encore. That's who teaches our classes. That's who teaches the the electric lineman program. Um, and that was their property. So uh, a few months ago, though, they came to us and wanted to get rid of that property. And they were going to sell it to us, rent it to us at a very reasonable cost. And so we could keep having our classes out there. Um, and the electric lineman program, as in all of our programs, is very hands-on. So they literally climb the poles, learn how to climb the poles, drop their tools, hopefully don't drop themselves. You know, they learn all of those things. And um, so they were going to let us still use it. And due to some other financial reasons, that was not an option. So we um, have moved our electrical lineman program here on campus 
So we were able to find the space and work out all of those polls. And so we are waiting to, I will get this wrong, but the crossbars and the lines and everything, we're waiting to bring those back and get those hung. But we did start our electric. We started our, our cohort a week ago Monday or last Tuesday. I think it was last Tuesday. So we will have our first lineman program here on our campus. So it's really cool. We're excited about it because it's visual. Like you said, you see those poles. So people mm-hmm. are going to drive by and see those. It's like marketing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have a neat little windscreen. So your cosmetology students will soon be able to see what it <laughs> says. We're just waiting for the windscreen. And then. Um, so they can fuss at me mm-hmm. some more. Yes. So okay. they can say, we still don't have parking. <laughs> um, but it's exciting. So I think, you know, just having this ideally and and vision of having this whole block that's dedicated to workforce education the the odessa college side of town will be very very cool so we're excited about all of that that's so exciting it is exciting can you give us some examples of some stories that just give that exemplify the impact that your team has done here in the community uh it can be on individuals employers um or just the impact that it has on a broader community as here in the Permian Basin? That's a hard to find just one. I mean, if you look at the partnerships that, that we've we have um, and the programs we've been able to build our HVAC program, uh, we had, we had that again, there was an industry need and that HVAC program started uh we were looking for an instructor. That's a, a common theme in our world because most of the time when we start a program on the CE side, it is definitely, it's part-time. So we're looking for part-time. Um, that's hard to find. And so, and a dedicated one. Well, we were able to partner with HVAC experts and they came in and explained what they needed and all the stuff that they needed. And we said, okay, great. Can you teach it? And they did. And so they took on, they took on the program and began teaching. They taught in the evenings. And so they were able to teach in the fall. Uh, they always taught fall because, of course, spring is when, when their services are mostly needed. So they taught some our program, they wanted all the students, like, uh, as long as I've been in this field, my uh, CTE and my workforce uh, instructors are like, I can't have more than 16 in a class. Like, 12 to 16 is just, if it's a hands-on class, I have to be everywhere. Um, This, Wendy and Ron were like, no, we want 50, we want 40, and they were teaching together. Uh, and so they had, they really got our HVAC uh, program off of the ground. And that was a great partnership that we had with them. So much so that now we have hired a full-time HVAC instructor and they're mentoring him. He's never taught. He has so he has years of experience um, and we're excited, but they're mentoring him now and kind of taking over the program. So stories like that, especially when our industry partners come in and say yes we this is this is what our and this is what our workforce needs to know and we're going to come in and we're going to help you uh really teach that and so and then the countless stories of 
our students and their success. There's just so many of them. Are there any technologies or innovative teaching methodologies that y'all have implemented in workforce and CTE that you have seen make a difference? So I would probably go with health careers. So health careers, uh, and it's not necessarily the teaching methodology. It's the stuff Heather has implemented, the Complio and it's, it's the registration software that allows the students to get everything they need up front. Um, but teaching-wise, you know, we've always been a hands-on. Like, mm-hmm. the programs that we have are very hands-on. And that's, what's, that's probably what's beneficial most to our students. So... Um, Learn by doing. Mm-hmm. And we have... All of our, all uh, on the health career side as well, and, and it, it spilled over into our workforce, we are able to, they, they participate in professional development. We ask them to per- participate in professional development through the college. And then um, Heather and Reagan at one point had, had taken our part-time instructors and created a day-long professional development so we're teaching because most of the time in the workforce field, you want industry experts. Like I always wanted, I didn't want uh, to hire a teacher um, that had her degree in culinary. I wanted somebody that had their had hands-on experience. If they had teaching experience, that's even better. Um, but I can teach them to teach. I needed them. I wanted them to bring the experience because um, that's what our students need. And then on our safety, and again, I don't know that I would say uh, technology per se, but in our safety area, Dean, we've been able to add um, trenching. We've been able to add confined space uh, training. So he has a big tube, (laughs) for lack of a better word, in his Mm -hmm. space. So he's teaching those things. He's teaching scaffolding. So now we ordered him new scaffolding. So now not only, because we know when they go out into the oil fields, they might have to put the scaffolding up themselves. You talked a little earlier about how you like to hire individuals who have spent some time in the industry. Um, For me, that's how I got my start in higher education as well, because I got a degree in computer networking. And then I actually came back because I had the degree in networking to teach as an adjunct in networking, utilize that to get into the IT department in higher ed and kind of the rest was history. I progressed from there. Now, did you yourself come from higher ed or did you work in the industry prior to coming into higher ed? So I worked in the hospitality industry. So that was my first job um, ever in my lifetime. I guess it was my only, well, property management. So I did um, hospitality management, banquet, supervisor, restaurant manager. So most of my industry experience is in hospitality management. So which was why I, how I got into the academic side of the house. So when I, when I had my first child, uh, I was still, 
guess I was still doing some banquet supervision, supervising, which that job is in the evening, at night, on the weekends. And so. I thought you was going to say it was stressful because that just sounds stressful. <laughs> it was stressful. <laughs> yes, that too. But it was also a lot of time away from my family. And so we, so when I. I, I happened into the job of higher education. Me it was too. it Me was too. an accident. <laughs> um, <laughs> I literally was walking inside of a grocery store, and then the instructor he's like, "Dude, I've been looking for you. Why are you not it?" I was like, "I was just trying to come get peanut butter." Like, <laughs> but thank you. That's funny. So yeah, so I started in the financial aid office because it it offered me the eight to five job um and taking care of my baby but the the what's funny is when I I think I said to one time I, I was there for seven years seven and a half years and I was like hmm it's like gosh I'm I'm not financial aid is hard you know because you're telling people no and you're saying oh you I, I you know you don't qualify for the money to come to college and so forth and so I was talking to uh, an advisor friend of mine and said, I just, I don't know what I want to do. I want to do something different. Who knew that I grew up in the hospitality industry? And she said, well, I feel like they're about to close the hospitality program, and but they've got like 10 students in this class, and they're looking for an adjunct. Mm-hmm. And so when I called the dean that day, he was like, I'll be in your office in five minutes. <laughs> And he was in my office and he's like, oh, I have this class and this class. And I'm like, I've never taught before. <laughs> like, I didn't think I wanted to teach. And you want me to teach two classes? Um, so, yes. But it was that. So I happened into that side of the house. And, nice. and um, it was, yeah. But it was fun to, I had been out of the industry um, for five to seven years. And so, but it was fun to bring that remember that and I always say bless my first students because <laughs> I stood up there and stood up there and talked at them that was my first teaching experience so bless them they they taught me a lot <laughs> yeah I feel the same way about mine I just we we sorry but <laughs> but y'all provided great foundation for where we are today so exactly. you were a part of our journey right and we right. love you no less. We love you more because you were our foundation. Yes, yes. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. So, Dr. Price, as Odessa College continues to work toward being the best community college in the nation, what are some of the major projects or initiatives within your team that you're looking at pursuing in the next year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years? What are the things that are on your mind right now? So, yes, I want to I want to be that workforce education. I want the Odessa Development Corporation and the chamber as soon as new businesses come inside, we're their first thought. Like we can sell this business coming and building in the Permian Basin because look what we have. We have Odessa College who not only does great credit programs, but they can give you the customizable training and get you that labor workforce. So I want to be viewed as that. I want to be that model that the state of Texas uses. And I say I want to be that model in workforce education. I want to be the model in career pathways and and adult education and all of that. I want to be those um, where people just pursue us and ask us what we're doing. We do that in so many other areas 
um, of, of the college, and we have such a great reputation that I want our workforce development and our, our uh, adult education to follow suit with that. Man, this has been a great episode. I've had so much fun. Uh, Kagan, I tell you, you probably should have hosted the episode, but you did a great job today. And <laughs> so you, did you, Dr. Hey, you know, I, I'm just here. I'm like the wingman with a little bit of a plan. And so I just want to thank you for coming in and talking with us today, telling us more about the workforce development team and all the great things that you all are doing. I wish you nothing but the best. I'm looking forward to working with you even more than what we already do. I'm looking forward to hitting the bowling alley with you and, and, and the rest of the, the OC team. It's not an official OC team, but it's just, you know, it's the OC team. Dewey's included. Yeah, Dewey's included. And so I'm looking forward to, doing all those different things. But most importantly, I'm looking forward to where workforce goes, where OC goes, and how we're going to keep transforming and preparing our good people for workforce and for jobs here in the Permian Basin. Y'all agree? I definitely agree. Thank you for being here, Dr. Price. I really enjoyed getting to sit and chat with you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Wrangler Waves podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gene A. White Jr. And I'm Kagan. Kagan, it's been great. Dr. Price, we thank you once again. And as we always say, peace. This has been another episode of the Wrangler Waves podcast, where we discuss what makes OC, OC. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be releasing new episodes routinely throughout this next academic year. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.